The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. 9.24 and I want to welcome Ashley McDonald to studio this morning. Ashley, you're welcome. Nice to meet you. Hi, Ryan. And thank thanks you for, for being here. Me. No, no, thank you for being here because you, you were given this title uh, recently um, as the Galway's Real Life Emily in Paris. And I don't know if that makes your heart leap or makes your, you want to squirm. How do you feel about that? Probably between the two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it made me laugh anyways. But look, I'm glad to give people a few laughs if it, if it can inspire them no, a little bit it, on their your, own way. Your story is is intriguing because you're 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 so uh, uh, diligent in 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 the way you've you've gone through life. So let's 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 go through it from the beginning. If you're you're from the west of Ireland, yes, I'm from Galway. What part of Galway? Cromwell, a small village, Beautiful. near Athenry, where I studied. And you were sporty, is that right? For 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 a lot of the time, and but. Clearly fashion then knocked yeah. on the door. <laughs> fashion that... took over. Yeah. I was an athlete for years um, from like 7 to 17, 18 with Crawwell Athletic Club, which set me up for life. Like I feel like if you have sport and you learn how to set goals and yeah. have common goals, but also individual goals, you can go do anything. So I always say everything I've done, it's really thanks to my early days It gave you a sort athlete. of a discipline of sorts then. Discipline, yeah. but also a sense of responsibility and also a, se- a sense of success when you have your wins and you celebrate them, which yeah. is fantastic and why I think sport is really, really important, not just for kids, but... Oh, and how to deal with maybe defeat or what have oh, you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the most important thing. It's the failings and knowing how to get over them and keep going. So how do we go from then the the, the, <laughs> the singlet to the, to the, you know, the dressage, if yeah, you Yeah, know? I'd love to go back and redesign those singlets, actually. I, 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 I bet. <laughs> um, well, I loved fashion and in Galway, I didn't have a huge exposure to it mm. other than through media and through TV, through radio, and I was always obsessed. So I'd heard about this exhibition in London. I was uh, 16, 17 at the time, and it was a Christian Dior exhibition in Somerset House. So it was my dream to go to this exhibition. Well, that, that's kind of an unusual dream for a young person yeah. to want to go and see that. But but yeah. obviously you had something playing in your brain that you wanted to Yeah, I pursue. had it in my head. So I managed to convince my mum to go with me. And she had lived in London for years. And we'd never been, I'd never been, and we'd never been together, obviously. Yeah. So we went, went to the exhibition. And it was all of the original drawings and illustrations from Dior and his first perfume designer. Mm-hmm. René Gouraud was his name. And I just fell in love and I knew I had to work for Dior. So that was the goal. I was, yeah, I think I was 16 at the time. And I said, right, I'm, this is the goal. I need to learn French. And then I'm moving to Paris and I'm going to work for Dior. Didn't know how it was going to happen, but that was, that was the dream. Well, I love that ambition <laughs> at such a young age. And, and also like we just, we just left the pitch and now we're in yeah. Dior uh, exhibition <laughs> in Somerset. And now we have young, younger you sitting there going, I, I now know what, what I want. Yes. Now that's all very well and good, but how do you make... It happened. I mean, where, where, did, where do you begin? I'm fascinated to know. Well, I thought the only way was through design. And I thought I have to be a fashion designer. That's how I'm going to do it. So okay. I went about building a portfolio. I applied to NCAD, LSAD, basically all the art schools in, in Ireland and in London. And I had like an OK response. It wasn't overwhelmingly strong. So it kind of made me a little bit less confident of my design skills. Okay. And I thought maybe there's a different approach to this. So I started looking at all the major luxury brands and luxury groups. So super pragmatic approach to it, actually. So I looked at Dior, their own 
owned by LVMH Group. It's owned by Bernard Arnault, a Frenchman, and he basically owns, you know, 50% of the luxury uh, brands in the world. And I kind of looked at all the people that worked there and said, well, most of them are French and most of them have studied in one of five business schools in France. So surely if I just follow that path, someone will, will wow. let me in. And that's exactly what I did. So went and studied really hard with um, French, actually. That was the first yes. focus, become fluent, because without that, uh, I knew I'd, I'd struggle to study in France and go work for these French brands. So I managed that. What clever. So you, headed you, off. You kind of did a, a almost like, a, um, you know, a CIA. Yeah. <laughs> you're mapping it out in your room going, who are these people? <laughs> Literally. How yeah. do they get there? I mean, that, 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 took, that was serious planning. Power of Google search, LinkedIn and just stalking people online. Honestly, I was able to go through all of the information of all of the brands and see where do they come from? What do they wow. do? And this one school kept coming out, HEC Paris. And I knew if I can get into HEC Paris, I'll probably be taught by people from the industry. Yeah. And I will be amongst all the other people that want to do the same thing. Determination so, is, yeah. is, is <laughs> remarkable. OK, so how did you, uh, where did you go from school, by the way, in terms of studying? and? So I found this amazing program at DCU, actually. So that's what I decided. I kind sure. of gambled with the C. I said, well, I knew I had NCAD if I wanted it. So I put it as my second option. And the first one, I put down DCU Global Business in French. So I knew I'd go to DCU for two years and then France for two years. And you get two degrees, double degree. Wow. And when you're in France, you study completely through French, which I thought, well, I'll have to be fluent by the end of that. At least if I pass, it means I've, I've absorbed something. Amazing. So that's what I did. So you're fully immersive in Paris then um, yeah. when you got there. Had you, had you been to Paris before? I had, like you know, to Disneyland when I was very oh, young. You were but I, yeah, I remember when I properly moved over with my mum, actually, yeah. I found it really hard the first day. Like, everything went against us. We got fined on the metro. I don't know how. <laughs> I fell in, like, a pothole on the Champs-Élysées. <laughs> Does that even exist? I don't know. And I was like, maybe uh, this was a bad life decision. But in the end, after, like, 48 hours, I was like, okay, this is my city. And it was fine. How, how would you describe Paris to listeners who've never been? I would say don't listen to all of the cliches because a lot of them can be quite negative. Um, I think if you say bonjour to everybody that you meet, you will have 10 times uh, more fun because uh, French people love if you speak French to them. Um, but it's it's an outdoor museum in terms of the yeah. architecture, in terms of the creativity, the design. It's just absolutely yeah. beautiful. <clears throat> I think I fell in love with uh, Paris again recently because I was over there for a uh, Patrick's Day event for the Irish in Paris. And maybe it's the age, but but I am now. But I I I forgot how beautiful yeah. uh, it is, as you say, an outdoor museum. Everywhere you look, it could be a park bench, it, everything. It could yeah. be Père Lachaise, uh, yes. uh, or Notre Dame, yeah. the big ones. But then there's the little museums, of course, as well, and and the, the boulangerie and the patisserie and everything. Ev yeah. Everything. There's a certain. There's such a class exactly. to Paris, isn't there? It was designed that way. You know, Napoleon was commissioned. Actually, Napoleon commissioned a hostman, an architect, to mm. design the city and to create a blueprint for all of the architects he wanted to design within the city. So that's why their avenues, their boulevards, everything is incredible. Yeah. Even the interiors of the buildings, they all followed this this blueprint. So Gorgeous. By uh, design. And you could sit there, as I did, um, having a cup of coffee in, in the, near the Rue Mouftar and in the Latin Quarter and watching watching the human zoo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and again, all the beautiful people coming and going. There's something about uh, Paris and the smell of cigarettes in the air and the coffee yeah. coming out. <laughs> and perfume, mixed uh, together. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> You're quite right. Uh, but you, you could you could spend all day. You don't. You nearly don't even need to go to a museum. It's just yeah, fascinating. the people watching is probably my favourite part in Paris. So with that in mind, you, you did your couple of years in Paris. Yeah. You, you were double degreeing uh, with DCU. Yeah, so... And, then I did uh, my master's because I still didn't get into HEC at that point. It was still a goal, but I still wasn't there. This is Parisian the, college. Yeah. That, OK, go on. Exactly. So I got into Naoma Business School. That's the right. one that's partnered with uh, DCU, which is an amazing school. I actually teach there now as well. So 
very, very much appreciative of everything got, to, got yeah. to do with the Neoma. And then it was time for the master's because in France, basically, you have to have a master's. That's something I learned along the way as well. I said I'd try without it, even though I did so many internships and had been working actually almost full time while studying for my last two years with one of my former um, internship companies. But I realized without a master's, I won't get the positions that I need. Yeah. So that's just common practice in, in France. And it was destiny because then I got to do a double master's as well with Smurfish <laughs> and HEC. So I managed to pair in, the two in, together. In, in, I'm just, I, yeah. so many qualifications. <laughs> what, did you, what did you do the master's in then? So it was in business management. And that's what I'd realized actually with these big luxury brands. If you're not yeah. on, on the design side, they want people that have business skills because the luxury fashion and beauty industry, it's a huge business. Um, like the company that I work for, our revenues last year, it was over 2.6 billion euro. So you have to have people with you know, business skills to run this, whether it's marketing, communications or technology, which is ultimately what I focused on. Yeah. So I went to HEC for my master's and Smurfit. So I did a double. I started in Paris and then I came here for a couple of months to Dublin. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't last long because when I got the call, I was on South William Street. I'll never forget it. Basically saying I'd gotten the job at LVMH. So, you know, when could I start? And then I went back to Paris. Okay, we need to explain that LVMH is your mecca uh, work-wise. And this is, is that Louis Vuitton? Louis Vuitton, Moet, Tennessee. So they're the biggest luxury group in the world. And they own Dior, the brand that I wanted to work for. And suddenly the manifestation manifests itself. And uh, (laughs) here you are. Um, Doing what? Practically, kind of nuts and bolts-wise. So I'm obsessed with everything to do with technology and digital. So I always focused on that area. Even when I specialised in my master's, I specialised in luxury strategy and data-driven marketing. Yes. Um, And all my internships were focused on digital and luxury. So I joined the chief digital officers team for the group at group level of LVMH on Avenue Montaigne in Paris. I was a digital analyst. So I looked at all the data that was available for all of the major luxury brands within the group and helped the presidents and CEOs of those brands understand, well, what's happening online with my brand and what's happening with all this different noise before someone actually comes into one of our stores or engages with one of our products. Amazing. So you, were you dealing with a, a generational uh, kind of gulf between, say, mm. the CEO who's going, I don't really know what this computer absolutely. thing is. Did you? You're oh, not absolutely. And that, that's why they wanted, I think, some kind of diverse profiles in there like it was really rare to have someone from Ireland that wasn't a native French speaker and I think digital and technology allowed me to have legitimacy in that area as a native English speaker someone who comes from a country that's really associated with technology as well like all of those things massively played in, and in is Ireland country. considered to be a technological sort of um, yeah. outlier if you like uh, in Europe now definitely be- because of all the multinational companies exactly. here really yes. it's got a reputation it does it does because a lot of the and this is what I did afterwards but a lot of the account managers that work and all the major tech companies like in Google where I worked after that manage LVMH and all of these other brands they're based in Dublin so yeah it does have a really strong reputation actually within industry So how would somebody listening today know if they were to go into a a, a fashion store Mm. if if you will how would they know that you've had something to do with (laughs) it all with the experience It it depends on the brand yeah yeah. I guess like a lot of the projects that I would have launched while at LVMH and at first I was at the group but uh, after six months I made the move and I arrived in Dior so that was the the, really the dream and uh, I launched 
hundreds if not thousands of, of projects and campaigns while I was there so for many years I think anyone all my friends who follow me on Instagram were yeah. always seeing what I was doing and then they'd see it in real life which was really cool Like what? Can, for, can you give us a practical example of what you were doing? Yeah well actually one that I have right now um, with the new group that I work for Pooch so Paco Rabanne is one of my brands and last summer we launched a new fragrance called Phantom it's a robot yeah. and we had robots all over the world yeah, uh, these fragrance, huge robots you said, yeah. you said to me you launched yeah. now, think of me as the, as the, the old CEO <laughs> Yeah, a, a, a new fragrance that's a robot. Yeah, it's I a don't new fragrance and that. it's in the body of a robot. So oh. it's really <clears throat> cool. So the packaging, it looks like a robot. It's actually connected. It's the first connected fragrance in the world. You tap it with your phone and you enter like the metaverse of the fragrance. You've got, what? yeah, you have playlists, you have music. It explains the fragrance. It explains the notes, the origin, the production. You've got filters. You've got and is a little it, bit is, of everything. And is it spraying cologne on you then yeah, in the morning? Yeah, I have one for you, so I'll show it to you're you later. Kidding. <laughs> no, I'm t- you're kidding. sure you're joking, but it... it <laughs> It, it, I'm having a toy show moment here for a second. Yeah, it's kids like, love it. I was going to say, so <laughs> yeah. is it like, you know, in the, in the toy show, there's these dogs and they yeah. yip, 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 and they've been going for a hundred years yeah. and, they, and they, they jump up and down. Is exactly. this a, a hyper modern version of that? A so, hyper luxury version, I would say. Well, okay, so it's mm. like a dog and like a, like a robot dog. It's a robot, yes. <laughs> and I could say, I could tap my phone on it and yeah. say... What uh, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm Jake. <laughs> just tap your phone. <laughs> uh, let's do this in French. Uh, I've yeah. got about three words. So if if I tap the phone, and is it always the one fragrance that comes out? So it's not like a choice. You can't say I'm feeling uh, no, like, it's like just these this notes one, today. It's this one fragrance. Okay, but so we're this... gonna have more. Like we're gonna develop more in the future. So, okay, and. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this. And I know, it's really What, what cool. else does it do apart from uh, spray the cologne on you? Or Makes the... you feel good, brings you joy. Um, like it, it, at the end of the day, it's a fragrance, but it's in this incredible bottle and it's a collectible. So that's also part of our ESG and sustainability initiatives at Pooch. So you buy that and you have it for life. And okay. then from then on, if you want to keep using that fragrance, you just buy the refill. So you can refill your robot and, and you'll be updated about it's an online life. I'm flabbergasted about it, but, yeah. uh, but is, is your job Thoroughly exciting. I mean, are you yeah. constantly thinking of ideas and do you have a notebook or is it going into your phone? I mean, just in terms of where you're where you yeah. keep your notes of what you want to do. I love my job. I actually can't believe it's a real job. And, <laughs> but th- that's the exciting thing. And it's yeah. why I'm really happy to be here today as well to also like let Irish people know like this exists and we can go and live these lives like all the French and the Italians have known about for a long time. <laughs> but in Ireland, we don't have that kind of history of working in the luxury industry. Therefore, it's hard to know how to navigate. Yeah and where to enter the market. But I love my job. It's really cool. It's all about innovation and technology. I'm head of digital media and e-commerce for the group. Congratulations. Uh, a, a global I mean, level, honestly, so. that is an enormous job. And, <laughs> and you're flying the flag, as you say, for the Irish, uh, for Irish people. And I love that you're proud of that. I think that's really yeah. nice. But, but when the first, when you came in during the commercial break to say hello, um, the first thing I said was, oh, you're wearing yellow. And it's yes. a lovely pop of colour, as they say, on all these TV shows. And you said, yeah, I'm head to toe in Irish today. And I thought that was great. For here we are talking about Dior and all these uh, mm-hmm. luxury brands around the world. And yet you come in here wearing um, Irish um, clothes or designs. Is that right? Yeah, Do you wearing, want to tell us about that? Absolutely. Or? So I'm wearing this really cool suit, this jacket. Uh, it's from Sharon Sweeney an amazing designer. I met her in person yesterday, picked it up myself. Wonderful. So I actually took the week off from Pooch this week to go and meet with as many designers as possible here in Ireland. Good and 
the work I'm doing with Digital Business Ireland as well. Uh, so yeah, I love my jacket. I've got a sweater from Urban Aaron, which is making like Aaron sweaters the coolest thing on the planet right Amazing. now. Amazing. Uh, and a bag from Nikki Hoyne. So yeah, Great. all Irish and all sustainable, all really focused on high quality, low quantity, slow fashion. And that's luxury in its essence. And so. Urban Aaron, that sounds great. Is that in, yeah. is, where are they based? Are they? Um, so it's Christine Murphy is her name and she is from Waterford. Okay, great. So you've got the full Irish there in, in yeah, many respects. Irish, yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's so good to hear about Irish brands um, thriving. Uh, because we do have a certain look and we have a certain style and I think <laughs> and I think it's getting better and better all the time. I think so too. Every time I come back I'm like, wow, everyone's more stylish this year. <laughs> yeah, you, you can feel that in the I air. I can feel can it, you? absolutely. So where, yeah. do, where do you live now and where are you based out of, as I say? That's a good question. So I'm actually not based 100% in Paris, sadly, anymore. So the okay. Emily in Paris story was not the most accurate in that sense. No, um, but nice when it lasted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was there for seven years but now I'm actually based in Geneva. But I travel like once a month to Paris and quite often to Barcelona as well which is the global headquarters of Pooch. They're a Spanish family, so that's where they're based. Well, Geneva, you could be in worse places in the yeah. world. And, and do you get back to Galway much or at all? Or Galway, not as often as I'd like, but for the next two years with Digital Business Ireland, I will be back like once a month in What is in that, Ireland. Digital Business Ireland? I'm not familiar with it. So Digital Business Ireland is Ireland's representative body on all topics to do with technology and digital. Uh, we have 8,000 um, businesses that are members Great. in Ireland, actually. So we basically, like my goal with that is to push as much as possible the upskilling for business owners and people working in, in industry here. Oh, you're just brilliant. I, I, I love, you know, when I talk to the likes of Kelly Harrington and, and Niall Horan and you know, all these people are very successful. They also, and, and are very young, they also want to watch the next generation coming up behind them. And yeah. this is something you're very keen to to, to do, um, which is, uh, you know, launching programmes for ch- for students, I should say, in collaboration with Google. Is that right? Um, so, yeah, when, when I was at Google, basically they have this thing called a 20% project. Well, that's what it's labelled as. It was yeah. more like a 120%, but yeah. you could spend some of your time um, working on projects outside of your core role. So I knew before I even joined Google, I want that was my goal. When I was at Google, I wanted to launch a programme for NCAD or for Irish design students so that they could launch websites, YouTube channels and become actual brands rather than just a few uh, individual pieces that you can't maybe find where you can buy or yes. discover. Yeah. So, um, so you you would say that the the next uh, sorry the, the fashion world in Ireland is is alive, well and indeed um, thriving because you know we've done a few uh, interviews here on this program and I just have a feeling we should be. If we should be doing maybe something about this on the Late Late Show because yeah. it, it's so visual Late Late as well. Fashion show. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, I think they, there was once upon a time something mm. like that, but the Late Late Irish fashion um, yeah. might might be something worth considering as we head into it's the what summer. We need and yeah. in France they're incredible. Like all of the design, like the fashion design schools in France, they're actually uh, under the Minister of Trade because they really view this as a business. It needs to thrive, and they need the business support. And that it's a little bit different here. It's seen more under crafts. Yes. So it's not treated like an industry the way it is in France or in Italy. But I think that's the next step, because if we want to actually create a global platform for these brands, bear in mind, the Irish market is small. So if you are an Irish you know, high end luxury brand in terms of fashion mm-hmm. or accessories, you'll need to look at the US market, the Chinese market. You need to export and sell internationally. So it's technology, I think, has democratized that and it's given people the opportunity to reach luxury consumers all over the world and I think that's how we'll, we'll succeed with Irish fashion. I'm glad to hear that and it's a very positive note which on which to nearly end our conversation but I do want to say to you um, uh, to ask you you still love magazines hard copy? Yes I do. 
So do I. <laughs> you can't beat it, really. No, you can't. I, my mum sends me over all the Irish magazines. Does she? Still, yeah. When I was in Paris, now in Geneva, I always have them at yeah. home. So. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Especially yeah. in fashion, I think you, you, there's only so much you can try and enlarge your phone to see the detail on it. Absolutely. A, just a, spend time with one and because I love fashion so much as well. Like now when I look through the pages, I see projects I've worked on or that my friends have worked on nice. and that's just like, I can't believe it. You know, and the brilliant. other thing that, uh, and he's somebody I mentioned a bit too is Barry Keoghan, the actor. And the reason I mention him is because I'm always fascinated by his notebook that he's carried around since he was a teenager to, of, of manifestation. I will work yes. with this person. I will star with that person. I will be in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and all this weirdness to me comes good. <laughs> Uh, and I, I'm, I'm seriously thinking of buying a notebook because this manifestation thing is is it, it seems to work for people. Has it, it worked does. for you? Oh, I mean, did absolutely. you? Did you? Do you how do, what, what does it mean? Can you give me a? Yeah, like I never called it manifesting. I just called it planning. But I always write down. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm okay, going to do. Okay, that's better. That's a very kind of human way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I think it seems less like um, wizardry if you just call it planning. <laughs> I might have believed in it. I'm probably too uh, cynical. Skeptical. Uh, skeptical. Oh my God, you're better at, at all of these things. Yeah, okay. But uh, you're planning, as you say, much more yeah. practical. Uh, but your planning seems to be, you know, working out in terms of what you yeah. what, what you plan for, you seem to achieve. And I presume that's through hard work rather than cosmic luck. You know what? It's a little bit of knowing what do I need to do and then writing it down and saying, right, I'm just going to go and do it. It's just taking action. I could have all the ideas in the world, but if I just call them dreams and I don't actively pursue them or write down all the little steps, I know I won't reach it. And it comes back to athletics as well, knowing this is the race I'm going to have in six months time and I want to run this specific time. Like that was breaking it down month by month, week yeah. by week, session by session. Wow. This is how I get there. So you, You've got yeah. uh, an extremely um, smart brain. Um, that must encourage you or just helps you to work work out where you want to be in the world. Uh, David mm-hmm. and Manuth uh, texts in to say, I know I'm getting old when a perfume has a metaverse. And <laughs> I think there's... <laughs> I felt the same. Did, did you actually? Don't worry, yeah. Did you? What did you think when you saw it all? I thought, wow, I thought I was on the ball here, but I've still got a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah, people can follow you on Instagram. Um, your Instagram handle is? Yeah, it's uh, ash.mcdonald. Ash. Somebody took my full name, so Ash McDonald for now. What a pain. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, it's great to meet you, Ashley, and thank you for coming in. Um, all the best people and things come from come out of Galway I'm sure of that you. and um, you're you're one of them and uh, keep flying the flag for Ireland and, and for yourself um, and we'll be seeing a lot more of you wish you every success in the world thank you very much thanks for your time this morning it's a quarter to ten well 